Awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Floor 9. This is episode 151, and it's our 2023 holiday shopping trends episode. Drum roll, please. And you may recognize a new voice here on the mic. Uh, well, new, not so new, but new to the hosting seat. My name is Chelsea Freitas. I'm the VP of Strategy and Innovation with The Lab and um, covering all things retail. You know, we do a little trip down memory lane. I've touched every brand from Walmart back in the day doing creative strategy to H&M, Coach, and even Estee Lauder. So hopefully I can pack some of those old insights along with some of the new emerging trends for you here today. And I'm joined by some awesome friends here. Adam and Katie, can you go ahead and do a quick intro, please? I'm Katie Geisweider. I am also on the strategy team at the lab with Chelsea. I also lead our Futurecaster product. Great teaser. No cyber deals necessary. You can just contact us to talk about Futurecaster later. It's a really good deal. 100% off always. <laughs> Hey, it's uh, Adam Simon. I'm the managing director of the lab. You guys know me. I'm on this podcast pretty much every episode. Awesome. Let's dive into some content. So late breaking news, you know, we're recording this on the Wednesday after what I want to call Black Friday week. So we do have some uh, hot stats right off the press. First and foremost, online sales on Black Friday this year reached nearly $10 billion, and this is from Adobe Analytics. Overall spending rose 7.5% compared to last year's holiday shopping to reach a record almost $10 billion. That's $9.8 billion. So when we think about Black Friday, there's always going to be those big hot deals, um, whether it's tech stuff like headphones and smartphones, or those wellness products year after year, like skincare and masks. And then according to some Google data, there are some, you know, hero products to consider. There's our every year type things. Women's slippers spiked in December as it does every year when it comes to those key searches. But those things, you know, those hot trends that we see on TikTok are influencing search data as well. Given the data that we were looking at leading up to this, overall, we can agree that shoppers stepped up. They beat projections um, in a few different ways. So first off, the average holiday shopper spent roughly $533 on Black Friday. And, you know, those uh, using the buy now, pay later options actually spent 48% more on their holiday shopping than those using other methods. So that's another thing to consider as we get into the mindset of the consumer and how they're spending. And um, some late-breaking Cyber Monday stats. Americans rang up $12.4 billion worth of online purchases this Cyber Monday. And that rose 9.6% from last year. Obviously, inflation is something to consider here. But given it's almost a 10% jump from last year, we can definitely consider this a trend and a big rise. So what we're going to get into over the course of the next little bit, we have some quick key themes. So first and foremost, these economic pressures that are facing consumers, and there's really a rise of this more value-driven holiday mindset. We have savvy consumers, as well as just general cautious uh, consumption. And then moving into how this is affecting brands, it's safe to say this is really end of the doorbuster. The sale window is continuing to increase year after year. And so how this holiday shopping period is starting earlier and lasting longer. And we'll dive into how retailers are competing in this changing landscape. And then lastly, you know, this is the IPG Media Lab, baby. We're going to talk about tech and how experiential retail can add value and how that's going to have an impact during the shopping season, more of these tech-enabled and experiential uh, shopping opportunities. So with that, let's dive into this first section on consumer behavior. 
So the impact of persistent inflation has been a key theme this year. I think when we talk about financial pressures and there's been a lot of conflicting data in the discourse around inflation and rising interest rates, as well as geopolitical tensions for U.S. consumers. But I think here, a key cultural trend that we've been talking about that reflects this is the concept of funflation. This is something that was absolutely impossible to ignore this year and its influence on spending habits. There were these big mass experiences in culture. We had consumers shelling out for things like a Barbenheimer weekend, you know, got to see Barbie in that key cultural discourse window. Things like bucket list opportunities like Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, Beyonce's Renaissance, as well as just general travel and dining. Given that consumers really leaned into these big ticket experiences this year, really no matter the cost, I'm curious to understand just how that's going to affect their spending this holiday season. How that mindset is going to shift or change based on those key indulgences and really not backing down when it comes to, um, even though inflation challenged some of their experiential opportunities. And even McKenzie is indicating that there's a trend toward trading down. So is this a ripple effect from funflation? Possibly. 79% of U.S. consumers are planning to trade down this holiday season, swapping their purchases for cheaper alternatives. And that's up 5% from last year. And, you know, McKenzie referring to this as the uh, belt tightening for consumers. So really just a new mindset and attitude. And I'm curious to see how much of this will manifest and come true as we look at the uh, general holiday shopping window. I want to hear a little bit more from you, Adam and Katie. Let's talk about funflation or key headwinds that consumers are facing this year. Do you have any commentary on how experiences dominated spending earlier in the year and how this could possibly impact both attitudes and actions this holiday shopping season? Yeah, I mean, I think my big takeaway on looking at these early numbers and sort of thinking about what might be coming over the next month or so is I think it's really just the story of the economy for the past year or so that we've been hearing where we hear reports that people are going to be cutting back on spending that might be a recession pending. I think at this point, it seems like we might have dodged the recession and, and gotten ourselves into a nice little soft landing. But even if we don't go into a full on recession, there's always been that specter of like any day now consumers are going to stop their pandemic era YOLO spending and start to buckle down. And I think just in the data that you just went through, I think we're seeing, you know, the indications that we, if when you ask people if they're going to cut back on their spending, they say yes, but then in actuality, they're spending more than they have in previous years, right? And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see, We, as you said, we've seen so much spending on experiences as people are sort of rebounding from the pandemic still, but clearly looking at those Black Friday and Cyber Monday numbers, they also are spending on products, on things that they're going to put under the Christmas tree. And I think that despite the projections saying they might be tightening their belts, at least in practice so far, we're not actually seeing that. I feel like there's an interesting sort of mental health angle to this too, whereas like people will know that they should be theoretically spending less after, you know, several years of just sort of like wilding out. But because of sort of the, the stress of uh, <laughs> everything that's going on geopolitically, sort of will they or won't they with the recession, it seems like people are in that sort of little treat mindset where, you know, they're not maybe springing for something big for themselves, but they're going to buy mini nail polishes or like little mini products that allow them to sort of trial whatever brand they might be interested in. Or also, you know, obviously give that as a gift. That's a really straightforward way to gift to people. So I think you raise a great point here, Katie, and how we really dissect consumer spending around this time of year. It's that tension or that mindset of like, is this a little treat for ourselves? Or are we already getting in the gifting mindset? I think something we can discuss here next is like, 
how much of your, or, you know, did you have any purchases and how many of them were actually premeditated? I personally feel like this season kind of sprang upon us. Like it kind of caught me by surprise. So I definitely agree with you that there were those table stakes, treats and basics, and even just items for myself. But it really like, I had to almost motivate myself to get in that gifting mindset and begin to strategically map out those purchases for others in the holiday season. Adam, did you have an experience like that this year? Not directly, but I do think that the fact that Thanksgiving was earlier this year and that we're going to have an extra week of holiday shopping, it does feel like shopping aside, like the holiday calendar feels very aggressive this year. It feels like we entered a holiday mindset earlier. All those uh, sort of catch-ups and end-of-year things that you start to do in late November seemed like they all happened earlier because of the, the earlier Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. And I do think that that is maybe having a little bit of an impact in terms of, as you said, that sort of surprise is, oh, guess what? It's time to start shopping for holiday gifts. And maybe where that is is sort of uh, influencing some of this early spending we're seeing. It'll be interesting to see, given that extra week of holiday shopping, are the levels going to stay high or are they going to recede to normal or even lower than normal numbers in, in the coming weeks? And I think, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I think that the retailers are, are doing the same thing, right? We saw so many Cyber Monday sales that suddenly on Tuesday morning, literally every Cyber Monday sale was extended, right? It's like you said this at the top. It's not just Black Friday. It's Black Friday week. I would actually just say it's it's like what happened to restaurant week here in New York City, where it went from a week to a month to now it's just restaurant week all the time. And I think we're sort of doing the same thing with, with Black Friday and Cyber Monday, that it's just the holiday shopping season has, as with so many things related to, to holidays, extended itself further and further out. And I would not be surprised if we start seeing Black Friday-like deals backing themselves up to Halloween next year, because it's just seems like it's creeping in every direction culturally. And it's not just the sales. It's, it's like I said, it's it's everything related to the holidays. I had seen something earlier that Amazon's, I think it was like Prime Deals Day or Big Deals Day, uh, something along those lines. That started, I think, was mid-October. And some, I don't know, some people are like, oh yeah, that was the kickoff of holiday shopping season, which is well before historically when we typically would have thought about it. It's barely even fall at that point. You're exactly right. That second Prime Day was mid-October this year. And I think these types of sales are just in general sucking out that like urgency or that adrenaline from what typically used to be almost a sport of a holiday when it comes to those like more intense deal shoppers. I think it's impossible to ignore this extended holiday window. And Adam, you mentioned the holiday creep. Doing a little research and digging, headlines about the holiday creep were peppering the news as early as September this year. That is absolutely wild. Like forget any semblance of like a back to school shopping season. I think that retail calendar has completely collapsed. And at the end of the day, it really is empowering the consumer to have more flexibility here during this season. And it's almost this game of chicken between retailer and between consumer and who is ultimately driving this situation. I think for me, this really raises a question of loyalty as well as we look at these different consumers. You mentioned just getting hit over the like course of the last several months with deal messages. When it comes to these deal messages, do you think that price dictates loyalty? And do you think even more so loyalty matters during the holiday shopping window? I think it does. I think that consumers are savvy enough at this stage to know that almost every brand puts 
a lot of their products on sale at some point during this window. So if it's something that you had been thinking about in the, the early fall and knew you could wait a couple of months to actually get it, I think it makes sense to wait. Um, and I, I think it, it bundles up a lot of the purchasing of things that you need for yourself or for your household with your traditional gift purchases. So I do think there has been in, in recent years a just, you know, at some point, it, it creeps earlier and earlier, I'm sure. At some point in the year, you're probably thinking, do I need this right now or can I wait until late November uh, to, to grab it? And uh, if I can wait, maybe I'll wait and see what the options are. Maybe it won't go on sale. And in that case, you have only lost you know, the time and, and not any money. But the chances are there will be some kind of bargain to be had in, in around the holiday period. Yeah, I think that's really an important point. In fact, I'm looking at some data here from YouGov, and a survey found that 52% of U.S. shoppers actually plan to skip Black Friday sales this year, blaming either negative in-store experiences during previous years or just a lack of trust in the deals that were being offered. So I do think that understanding and that wait-and-see period and the ability to shop around and be really strategic has empowered consumers more and more every year. So we can agree that that adrenaline or the impulse in a lot of scenarios is depleting. But overall, I do want to talk about how brands can actually incentivize more excitement during the season. How do we bring it back? Like, how can we talk to our brands about communication strategies or marketing strategies to actually incentivize shopping during this important holiday sales window? Katie, did you see any great standout examples this year or brands addressing this extended holiday window? There were a couple of things I saw. The first thing I'm thinking about was more around incentivizing in-store shopping, um, which, you know, to the point that you had earlier, people will be repelled by shopping in, in stores if, you know, if they've had a bad experience. So that's kind of a separate issue. But a lot of brands that I saw were just trying to roll out more sort of engaging in-store shopping experiences, whether that's a gift that they can get specifically in-store, you know, having like I don't know, the cute cookies or whatever it, available while you're shopping to like create some kind of sense of holiday magic in a period that is so dominated by the deals, by all of the spending, because people are kind of looking at shopping as a year round sort of thing, they're price comparing sort of regardless of the season to make sure that they get the best price and are just generally really savvy in that way. It is obviously harder to move the needle with deals. So as like a kind of way to combat that sort of deal fatigue, I have seen a couple of brands say that they're opting out of Black Friday altogether and just closing their e-commerce store, just saying that, you know, we're giving our team a break for the day, focusing on, you know, this or that or whatever, and are not offering anything. We'll see you uh, next week, which I think is pretty interesting. I think that's something to be admired from brands, especially. I know Patagonia was hot on that trend earlier on. Can you name any other brands that participated in that this year? Ask it. It's a menswear brand. Um, I learned about this secondhand from a close personal friend and roommate of mine who is a, a very big fan of that brand. But they were the ones in particular that I, that I saw doing that. Again, not new, but I think it is with this holiday creep and I think like with a lot of the chaos around holiday shopping this year, it makes a decision like that even more impactful. Absolutely. And retailers can choose to opt out. This is half of a year we're talking about basically here. I also saw a number of retailers in the brick and mortar space who were also opting to close their stores completely on Thanksgiving rather than close them at like 
1 or 2 p.m., as had been pretty typical. And I think this is an interesting pushback against the trend that we had seen before the pandemic of, of stores creeping earlier and earlier to Black Friday deals, where we had some big box retailers opening, you know, at 11 p.m. on Thanksgiving night to start allow shoppers in for those early doorbuster deals. And I think it's an interesting way to earn a lot of, I think, goodwill from obviously from from your workers, but also from consumers who are increasingly, I think, aware of how workers are treated by their brands, by the stores and retailers that they shop in and, and by brands of all stripes. I think there's a lot of cultural current concern around how workers are treated. And if you can say, hey, we're just going to close on Thanksgiving because you don't actually need us in a lot of categories, it just makes sense to completely close down and it generates goodwill with consumers. Nobody really needed to be shopping um, on Thanksgiving morning, again, unless it was for last minute meal preparation. Yeah, that's a great point. And continuing to challenge that, you know, in-store versus online tension. I know something that I wanted to highlight in this moment too, as we're just talking about more purpose and value among retailers, something that stood out to me this year was actually Poshmark. They launched their second annual secondhand Sunday. So I think this is really covering a couple bases here. Like on the one hand, you know, it's just one more thing to mark the calendar with during this long extended holiday shopping window. But on top of that, I love the idea of eventizing secondhand. I think resale is always you know, a booming opportunity, especially with these younger audiences. And we're seeing that stigma decline more and more when it comes to buying things for ourselves. But how can we actually carry this sentiment and this mentality for circular economy into gifting and into the holiday season, especially in this era of, you know, so much crowdsource inspiration and social inspiration, you know, dare to be different and kind of stand against the the TikTok shop era and find something a little more unique and bespoke from a secondhand retailer. So Poshmark actually held a secondhand Sunday and part of their media strategy behind this was to eventize live moments and live deals um, over the course of that specific Sunday. And then they also did something for sellers where sellers have the opportunity to win something like $10,000 for actually listing new items that day to really drive that excitement and drive more of a purpose to visit their site in their shop. So that was one that really stood out to me. And I know I just jumped ahead to Sunday, but however, we skipped over another uh, retail holiday, which is Small Business Saturday. So, I mean, and we we actually just skipped it. So I think it's an important time to ask, was this holiday overshadowed this year? And how, you know, were there any independent retailers or companies that you saw competing and how did they do so? Personally, I just think that small businesses were outshouted. Like I, I don't know, just in my own media consumption, um, it was entirely, you know, much larger retailers that was showing up sort of in feed with ads. I don't know, any any sort of quaint Etsy promo in my inbox was overpowered immediately by 15 emails from brands. That's just like a personal sort of perspective, but obviously small businesses have much fewer resources to be pushing those sort of constant promotions in comparison to larger brands. Yeah, no, I concur. I was actually interested in this because there have been a number of updates on 
platforms like Etsy and Shopify and Amazon that really have been, from my perspective, as someone who is not using them, really been supercharging the powers of for small business owners on those platforms, right? Shopify will help you optimize your product pages automatically using generative AI, right? And I think that I was curious to see if that would result in more ads and promotions from small businesses showing up in social feeds and other places where those those newer tools might be deployed already. And I don't I really saw it. Um, in person, in my feeds anyway, which is interesting. And now it makes me question, like, obviously those tools are available. Do small business owners know that they're available and know how to use them? Or is it just another new feature that they are like, oh, that's not core to my sort of day-to-day. -day. I don't have time to really dig into this right now, certainly ahead of a busy holiday shopping season. And maybe, maybe next year we'll see them more widely deployed. I don't know. I mean, you raise such such a key point, Adam, and I think this transitions us really nicely into the third section about technology specifically. And I think tech obviously plays such a major role in the like in retail in general, and then especially in the holiday season. First, we have those logistical, you know, things like shopping with ease, omni-channel experiences, but then we also have the opportunity to amplify storytelling through technology. And then lastly, as we think from the retailer perspective, integrating that technology from a comms or, you know, a marketing perspective. So you started to mention AI-powered tools, making it easier for these small businesses to stand out. And I think we saw a wave of launches leading up to the holiday season. There is Google's AI-powered uh, search generative experience. Through this, Google allowed small businesses to actually stand out on the map and they can be verified. So I think we're seeing Google deploy some tools like that. And then from a, you know, visual and aesthetic shopping experience, as well as a utility angle. Amazon partnered with Hexa this year um, to allow sellers to use this 3D generative platform to actually update images from 2D to 3D to really enable more of that AR try-on and that 3D shoppable experience. And a huge benefit there, and Amazon really showing that they're, they're all in when it comes to um, supporting their sellers, is those assets not only are going to elevate the Amazon shopping experience, but those retailers or those small businesses, those entrepreneurs can actually use those 3D assets across all of their channels. So I think from a bigger platform and retail experience, we're seeing these tools more widespread and available, but you raise such a key point. When are we going to see these put into practice and be a mainstay in the market for some of these sellers and entrepreneurs and creators? With technology having such a key role always on in retail, but especially during the holiday season, let's get into some specific brand examples that integrated technology to really amplify attention during this moment. So I want to kick off. I think Lego had a really smart strategic use of augmented reality, AR being absolutely table stakes when it comes to shopping and retail, but especially this time of year, I think it can not only amplify those like more logistical and utility things like try on or viewing. It's a great moment to integrate this for more experiential and enhanced storytelling. So Lego on major flagship stores in New York and London, they actually had an AR experience outside of the store. So again, talking about incentivizing people to come visit the store or giving them something to interact with and play with, they launched an AR-enabled snowball fight so that passersby could look in the store window and actually simulate a snowball fight with other users around the world.
is how Lego doubled down on their purpose and their platform that they're really pushing year round. And it's what they stand for. And that's play as a superpower. So I think it's important for brands to remember while this is a great window to engage with users, it's important to stay true to who you are as a brand and your brand values. And then just, you know, sprinkle that extra little bit of magic or wonder to make it um, a holiday message. So with that, did anyone else have any other tech enabled favorites? A little less magical and a little more practical, but Amazon on Black Friday aired a football game for the first time, and the commercials during the game were full of flow code powered QR codes that were scannable to purchase directly on Amazon.com. And this obviously, you know, a, a QR code on, on your screen while you're watching TV is not necessarily the most innovative thing, but I think we're going to be watching this and thinking back to this pretty often in the next year as Amazon rolls out their ad-supported tier of Prime Video. This is very obviously a first early step into making the ads on Prime Video shoppable. And I think that, you know, Amazon has sort of been a sleeping giant in the the, the TV space. And I think, you know, we're going to see a ton of interesting activations and experimentation from them over the next year as they really push this uh, ad supported tier of, of Prime Video. And, you know, again, I think they, they might hopefully at some point will make it even more seamless than scanning a QR code. But I think we'll get some interesting early data uh, based on how that performed in as, as we sort of see them experiment with other features in the near future. So for me, something interesting that I saw, I think everyone's favorite comeback story, J. Crew. So they had put together a holiday themed virtual store, um, basically sort of building on a virtual store that they had done over the summer for, for their 40th anniversary. So, you know, again, very sort of leaning into the metaverse of it all in the way that you know, we saw a lot of last year, but so their immersive sort of virtual store was offering experiences like a scavenger hunt. They had an AI holiday ge car generator, which is pretty interesting, you know, really focusing on making the virtual experience as personalized as possible, as interactive as possible, which, you know, you really have to do to, to make those sorts of experiences meaningful and worth visiting, which ultimately obviously is what enhances a lot of the the brand engagement and, and creates that sort of memorable experience. And again, I really think it's interesting. They had done something similar around their 40th anniversary. Um, so again, if they had decided again to invest in this, that, that indicates that it was a success on some level. So again, establishing that sort of consistent presence is also, I think, pretty important. Yes, I think from an experiential perspective too, like that ability for consumers to still have you know, a little bit of the virtual wandering experience. I love that the personalization elements also came through. I think it's tech-powered experiences like this that are really pushing and fueling the excitement for more of these online shopping experiences. I really think looking ahead to the future, we'll see, of course, those like specialty in-store moments, but we really are going to see more exciting and experiential online shopping experiences from brands, especially around this holiday season. So with these exciting tech-powered experiences, I think it's really speaking to this empowered consumer. If we've learned anything, it's that any retailer can really offer a deal or a discount. And we know that our consumers are constantly being bombarded by the noise of the holiday season, and they know that they have control, right? So when it comes to brands and when it comes to really standing out in this holiday window or even just beyond holiday to any big retail activation, 
it's important to expand that mindset beyond just the deal to add something a little bit extra, whether it's tech enabled personalization or, you know, that easier customer experience through augmented reality or amplified storytelling. I think the brands that are going to win and continue to build that relationship with a consumer is reaching beyond the price or the promo to really offer more of a personalized experience. Adam, Katie, thank you so much for joining today. This was a blast as always. Happy holidays, everybody. That's all we have for you today and we'll see you next time, Floor 9.